Hello, my name is Pastor Greg Wolf. Welcome to the Jordan Assembly of God Church Sunday Service Podcast. The series that we are doing is titled Life in Christ. It is currently going through the book of Galatians. If you would like to listen to past podcasts, please go to agjordanmt.com and follow the links. Or you may also search for Jordan AG on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Podbean. I'm glad you are here, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Now, without further introduction, life in Christ. So I'm going to read a few verses. It's from Habakkuk, chapter 2, going through verses 1 through 4. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Let us pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I want to thank you, Lord God, for everything that you're doing in our hearts and in our minds. And I pray, Lord God, that our hearts and minds will be open to your word. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. In the Life in Christ, part six, salvation is found in what was said. Started today reading from Habakkuk chapter two, looking at verses two through four. Habakkuk was in, was in an awful situation at that time. Nations were causing so much issues. Assyria was causing problems until Babylon became a bigger threat and then Babylon came in. Josiah seemed like, to, to the people, Josiah seemed like this really great leader that was going to come out and do things and then he died. And uh, there was no, you know, so you won't really see a mention of him and so things are very hopeless and so in the very beginning of, of Habakkuk, in chapter 1, the, a good really sum up, uh, therefore in verse 4, in chapter 1 and verse 4 in Habakkuk, therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. And Habakkuk is going through and he's crying out to God and he's saying all these things are happening and how long is it going to be for you to answer and how long is it going to be but, um, for, for things to be done and get back. But I love that in, in chapter 2 of Habakkuk. In chapter 2, in the very first verse, he will say, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Notice that. He automatically, he had a feeling right there of where he felt. This was my emotions. This is what's going on. This is my worries. And you know what? There is something that I know that I'm getting wrong. And there's something that I know that I need to understand so that I may be corrected. And so, God's response, God's response 
to that was absolutely positively amazing. But if we break down his summary of verse 4 in chapter 1, kind of going back a little bit. First, the law, the very thing that the Galatians are following, are, are allowing themselves to be put underneath, powerless. Second, justice never goes forth. Because why? Because people. We're having people having a problem. And in verse 4 of chapter 2, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by what? Faith. And not just faith, his faith. Very singular. You cannot go based off of, well, my parents follow after God, my parents do this, my parents do that, or my grandparents did that. It was my decision, my choice. What am I going to do with my life? Do I choose to follow after God, or do I choose to go my own way? Do I choose to have my own deal, or do I choose to follow after God and trust in Him? The just shall live by His faith. Not in what he sees, but what he knows. Not in what he reads, but in what he hears. This is a pure trust relationship with God. If you choose to follow him, you're not going to be able to argue, this is why I do this. There's not an argument. I cannot tangibly tell you. I mean, I can say the reasons why I chose, but I can't tangibly. This is not the scientific factual basis of this equals this. You know, Y equals MC squared. You know, we're not talking about that. We're, we are talking about the fact that I'm choosing to trust in something that I don't see. Because what they were seeing was complete destruction. What they were seeing was people doing everything that you were not supposed to be doing. What they were seeing was an example of utter chaos. So why would you trust God at that point in time? Why would you trust God? No evidence. Nothing is proving the point. Nothing is happening that is right. Nothing is going on that's good. So why would you trust God? The just shall live by faith. A trust in the fact that God will save. No matter what, I'm going to love God. But don't you see what God is doing or allowing? How can you? No matter what, I am going to love my neighbor. But don't you see how your neighbor is treating you? No matter what, I am going to obey the rules. But don't you see how they're changing the rules and how they're perversing and perverting the rules the just shall live by faith I'm not doing it because it makes logical sense to the people around I'm doing it because I am choosing to follow after honor God God's got my back no matter what happens to me right now no matter whether or not I live or die I know God has got my back what does that sound like and even if you cast me into the fiery furnace. I will not bow down. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The word rima 
which is that Greek word, meaning utterance. You want to live? Follow what God says. The just shall live by faith. So then Paul, continuing his message concerning the law, concerning the thing of people putting themselves underneath and saying, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow this strict deal and we're going we're gonna to follow this and we're going we're gonna to checkbox this off. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. You need to follow after relationship with God. You need to learn this because in Galatians chapter 3, and continuing in verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. This, by the way, if you keep your hand in here, this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and 26. Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them. But notice that. The way to confirm that you have listened something or you know something is to actually put them into practice. It's not to just smile and say, oh yeah, I heard you. You know, it's actually to put them into practice. That's the full confirmation. People shall say amen. But cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them, which means to put them into practice. Paul then quotes Habakkuk 2.4. In verse 11, but that no one, and back in Galatians, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. So if you follow the law, you're not following after faith, but if you're going to say, I'm following after the law, you better actually accomplish every single piece of that law because you cannot. That law has very, very strict rules based on following and not following when it comes to those things. To all those who point to the law and say this is the way, Jesus is the only way. But the law, not by faith. With the law, you can point to, I have done this and this. With Jesus, the Spirit of God witnesses to your spirit that you are a child of God. How do you know that you've done something that is right? Because you know in your heart based on what God is saying. So this makes it very difficult. Because it doesn't give a person the ability to be able to point at other people and saying, you know, we have a basic of we need to love one another and we need to be forgiving to one another and we need to treat one another well. But you know what? If a person is working at that, we, we can't look at that and say, well, you know what? You really should do. Or you really should because based on this law right here, it, it basically... It basically comes into the, it basically comes into the fact that when a person is following after Christ, I'm following after Christ, and you're following after Christ. Your relationship, how you walk, where you go, is between God and you, and how you do that. Which means it doesn't give me the ability to be able to say, "Well, you know, you've been serving God for about like three months now, so really, you should be actually that shouldn't be in your life anymore." 
you know, says it right here. It doesn't give me that ability, but what do we as people love? We love to have that kind of thing, right? We love to have that checklist that we know that we can check mark off and, and we can say, well, I did this and I did this and I did this. And Jesus is saying, come follow after me. Come, come find who I am. Find what I am going to do in you. Find the change of heart that comes within you. And guess what? That means that there's going to be a lot of really messy lives. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to go on. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have things that are going to happen in your life. You're going to react wrong. And sometimes you may react right. Because as God is working you, it's not going to make it look like everybody else. You're not going to be the Dave Wilkerson of lives here. You know, you're not going to have like this whole life. Because why? Because it's your relationship with God. And see, there's something about us that we think when we read the scripture, we're like, well, it should look like this. And that's not how God sees it. How do I know that? Look at the disciples. You have a tax collector for crying out loud. You have, you have people who don't work in the temple. You have people who are out there who are, are, who are fishermen. You have a zealot. Don't know what a zealot is. His thought process was basically, uh, we need to rise up as a military and we need to take and we need to take back our place. We need to take back the temple. Look at Jesus' disciples. He even picked a person that betrayed him. You don't learn anything from being around people who always agree with you. You don't learn anything by allowing yourself to say, okay, well, these checkboxes, that's what I live by. It may make you feel comfortable, and that's great, and that's wonderful, but that is not how God operates. God operates because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That means when you have issues in your life, when you have issues in your life, God is walking you through those issues and nobody can say anything about it. All we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ is to build you up as you walk through that. If we see an issue, if you see an issue in a brother or sister in Christ, do it with love. And if you can't do it with love, then don't do it at all. If you can't build up and encourage with love, then don't do it. Because God is love. And if God is leading you to help your fellow brother and sister in Christ, it's not going to be based on the fact of, well, you need to be following all these things. Sure, they, they're going to know that. Well, they've been like that for years. So... I'm pretty positive that God can change a person's heart. I'm pretty positive that God can walk a person through. And Paul, going from, I have strictly followed the letter of the law to one little journey into Damascus, and now it's, I believe on Jesus Christ, and I believe that everything 
is nothing in comparison to doing that. Flip over to Matthew 19, 16 through 22. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Followed all the laws. Notice, Jesus didn't argue with him. He followed all the laws. He did everything. So what did he lack? What did he lack? Faith. Proverbs 8, 17. Notice, I, I found it rather intriguing that I'm finding myself going right back to Proverbs 8 when Proverbs 8 was the one that really, really, really kicked off a lot of thought processes in my head. And every single study just keeps on going right back to it. So if, you, if last week you took my suggestion and read Proverbs 8, you're going to know this chapter. If you didn't, here's, here's another little refresher of another little piece in, in Proverbs chapter 8. I love those who love me, and those, this is Proverbs 8, chapter, in chapter 8, verse 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine, and new than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. What did he lack? Trust. He lacked trust. He knew the law. He knew the scriptures. He had to have known this. But all the things that he was doing and all the things that he was checkboxing off, the one thing that he lacked was faith that God was going to actually completely cover him. Go sell everything you have. Come follow after me. And it's found not in the New Testament, but in the very word that he would have known, and that would be in the writings of Proverbs. Galatians three thirteen through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now Deuteronomy gives the, the talk in Deuteronomy 21, verses 20 through 23, if a man has sinned deserving of death and he is put to death, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. 
Jesus became cursed. He was rejected by law, for law could not save. But for the promise to be given, the goal of the law had to be fulfilled. So he became the curse and died on the cross so that we might actually find saved. Because who deserving of death? Who is deserving of death? Jesus was not deserving of death. We are deserving of death. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But see, this fulfilled in Genesis. Remember what God said to Adam and Eve. If you eat the fruit, or if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. That is flesh has to die. So Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And so that being the case, having died, when, when the Bible talks about the fact that when we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior, that, uh, that, we are, that we die, that our flesh dies, and that we find life in the Spirit of God. For it is his Spirit that walks with us. If you put yourself under the law, you must do the whole law. But Christ redeemed and gave way so that the promise could be obtained by all that what was said by God would be available to all. Salvation is found in Christ. The word became flesh. Paul is very passionate. We're going to be getting into a lot of things of what Paul is doing and why he's doing it. And he's even going to be going even further because we get wrapped up what, what does this have to do with us? You know, not, not a whole lot of people are like bringing out the Torah and, and, and doing that stuff. In, in some ways, here, yeah, there's other people and other places that that's a big thing. Putting themselves underneath laws and putting themselves underneath rules and doing that. And in some ways, we find comfort in certain laws and certain rules because then we know people have an understanding or a basic understanding. But the thing about it is, following after God is very... Messy. Because you have a lot of people. And God loves every single one of them. And he's called every single one of us as the body of Christ to do certain things. In this room right here, we have several, we have several people who are very, who are extremely honed to accomplish exactly what they are meant to accomplish. And God has you exactly where he wants you. And all you need to do is allow God to walk you through. Where are you going to find the energy? That comes from God. Where are you going to find the ability? That comes from God. And those kind of things, as we work together as the body of Christ, there's been many times, many times. I, don't, I do not history, and I hope Anne will forgive me for actually pointing this out. But, so I'm, I'm, I'm asking for future forgiveness, so I hope that that is okay. But she is great with time. If it wasn't for Anne, we wouldn't even be as far as we are in the book that we're going on in Sunday evening. I will guarantee it. We probably would be still in chapter one. That is a part of the body of Christ that I cherish because I need that. I don't have that. I need that. 
When you start valuing the person that is next to you because they are a part of the body of Christ and each one of us working together actually gets this thing going, then then we understand that operating and working. There's things that Patsy can do that I cannot do. A lot of things that Patsy can do that I cannot do. But there's a lot of things that each individual one of you can do that I cannot do. I can do it. You can do it. But if we're all doing it together... And we're all working together. When one person gets a little bit depressed, which we all do at times, have you ever felt burned out? Have you ever felt like you're done? Have you ever felt like you're just going to reach up and grab the, the, the eject button? You know, and just call it good? Maybe you haven't. I know I have. I know I've been down that road too many times. But every single time, it's the body of Christ that comes in and builds one another up. I will still remember the day when I was really depressed and I had a pastor... In, uh, in Sweet Home, Oregon. And uh, he came and he visited and he sat with me. And you know what? All he did was he sat with me and he just chatted with me. He didn't do anything. He didn't open up the Bible. He didn't go through scripture after scripture. He didn't read through Genesis to Revelation. He just sat and he just chatted. And that's all he was. That's all it was. That's all he did. He just sat and he chatted with me. And then at a certain point in time, he just got up and, and he said, I'll see you later. And he left. And I was so utterly depressed that week. I remember this. I was so utterly depressed that week that I didn't go to church that Sunday. And I didn't go to church the next Sunday. And I didn't go to church the following Sunday. But you know what? I did eventually go back to church. And he kept calling me. Every so often. We all go through our dark doors. We all go through that period of time. We all go through that and we need to walk through that and encourage one another, loving one another, building one another up. Is the other person going to know what you need? Probably not. You may need to go to the person and say, listen, I'm really battling with this. Please pray. Please help. You may need to do that. I'm wanting us to not point at Christianity. I want you to live it. And if you feel like I'm pointing fingers, trust me, I have all hands pointed right back here. Because this message, if you think the pastor gives a message for just you, you are incredibly incorrect. It's for all of us. Because I need to learn, everybody needs to learn. So what is Paul doing? Paul is saying, please don't put yourself underneath the law. And he goes underneath this. So that why? So that we might follow the Spirit of God. And what can we do? What, how can we learn today? Do not go so much off the, this is what's right, this is what's right, this is what's right. But rather look at people the way Jesus looked at people on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Why? Why am I so passionate about this? Because in 2012 when I came here, I wanted, I said this one very much statement, because prior to me even coming here, the, the community and the town and the people here were laid upon my heart and I started praying for the people and the community before I even came and entered the town because God said, Greg, this is where I have called you. Boom. I didn't even know anybody in Jordan. I didn't even know Jordan exists. I didn't even know what Jordan looked like. 
Looked at Google Maps. It had 1997 pictures. I came here in 2012, by the way, just to let you know. 1997 pictures. I drove through town. 1997 pictures were still there. <laughs> but why am I so passionate about this? Is because it's going to take all of us working together. It's going to take all of us. I want the community. We should be praying. I tell you what, you, and, and, and please, if I forget, we need to be praying for the Presbyterian Church. We need to be praying for the Baptist Church. We need to be praying for the Lutheran Church. We need to be praying for the churches to gather together and build one another up. We need, we need pastors, people. We need people who are leaders out there. We need people who are loving one another. We need people who are, who are able to do that. One church can't do that. But all of us working together, we can. And where one church is really strong at, another church can be strong in another area. And another There's so many people that need Jesus. I'm sorry. The gospel of Christ needs to go out. So if you can join with me in that passion and that prayer, that's awesome. That's great. Above all else, though, love one another. Encourage one another. You need help? Go to a brother or a sister in Christ and just say, you know what, I'm really struggling with something. Mind praying with me? And if you see a person struggling, go get to know them. Don't point fingers. Get to know them. Pray for them. Help them. This is not the I'm better than you pointing ceremony. This is the I'm jumping into the muck and the mire and, I'm gonna, and we're going to walk this through. I'm going to end with this, my last statement, my last little story. You're like, whew, it's getting bored. Um, my last statement. There's a story about this guy who falls into a hole. One person walks by and says, oh, that's horrible. Walks straight on by. He's like, help me, help me, help me. Another person came by, looked down the hole. Guy's like, help me, can you just uh, like reach down here and actually, you know, like get me out? Yeah, you got yourself in there. You can get yourself out. Third guy comes by, sees the person in a hole, jumps in the hole. The other guy's like, what are you doing? Now we're both stuck in here. He's like, yeah, but I've been in this hole before and I'll help you out. That's exactly what we need to be doing is jumping in that hole. And even if you don't fully understand what that person is going through, and I guarantee you won't, you have the guiding light to help that person. Because you may not understand it. God does. And it is the spirit of God that is within you that witnesses to your spirit that you are a child of God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. I pray, Lord God, that many will come to know you. I pray, Lord God, for the Lutheran Church. I pray, Lord God, for the Presbyterian Church. I pray, Lord God, for the Baptist Church. I pray, Lord God, that you may bring people in there to build up, to encourage. I pray, Lord God, that you may bring and send pastors that are leaders, that are, that are loving in the community, that can to the community that can help the community work together and that we as the body of Christ can work together. I pray, Lord God, that we may shine a light of love to the people around us. 
And I thank you, Lord God. May many people come to know you and Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.